Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik Picardian. Jared Brandon. Jared Brandon. <laughs> Both of you. I like those guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. It's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We're thrilled yes. to death that yes. you are listening to our show. Absolutely. We've got a super fun episode ahead of you. I love it. Yes. You know, we just came off the super, the brain-wrenching, the 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 all-encompassing. And gut-wrenching. And gut-wrenching uh, Vox 101 episode where we deep dove into the into the world of of the uh, the Argyle master. The amps known as Vox. Yes. Uh, so we're going to just have a little, uh, a, a, a little more lightweight, a little more fun, a little more conversation. A little more conversation. <laughs> Zach from Mythos Pedals. Oh, wait. Who are you? I'm Zach from Mythos Pedals. <laughs> I, na- ah! I nailed it. I knew him. <laughs> Man, I'm from a lot of things now these <laughs> yeah. days. So. Yeah. So we have got a fantastic show, and we're glad that you are with us. Uh, for those who may not know, maybe you're just joining. Maybe you just discovered us. Maybe somebody you trust just said, you know what? You got to listen to the show. What do we do on this show, Tony? I have to answer this. You, that would be helpful. Okay. And not drag this we on. We talk to small builders and big builders and pedal builders and guitar builders and pickup builders. And we do one-on-one shows and we talked about Vox amps. Last show, which was awesome, um, we Rob like Chief. we like to talk about gear. Yeah, all right. the good stuff, all the guitars, was, all the did, amps. You done good, Jared. That was that was that your was best nice. effort. I covered yeah, everything. Good job. Many years. You you done yeah. you done it right. So that's what we do. Yeah, and tonight's no exception. No. Uh, so Zach, for those who may not be familiar with what you do, uh, can you give them the? Uh, we're going up two floors. That's how much time you got. Oh, okay. We build a electric guitar effects outside Nashville, Tennessee. I've been doing it uh, professionally full-time since 2017, and our stuff is designed by guitar player, built by guitar players, and made for guitar players. Perfecto. Um, and we've had you on the show a couple times already, like very yeah. early on, actually. Yeah, it was... Uh, like right after you started. Really, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's been it's been years. I was still in the like spare uh apartment room yeah (laughs) it was like you were just going like hey how's this fleece thing what do you think right (laughs) oh that's right yeah Yeah, those were the days (laughs) um so we're gonna catch up because we haven't talked to you in in a while i know you've been very busy where can people go to see the things that you're doing uh you can go to mythospedals.com uh or just put that in your google machine and you can find us uh, pretty much anywhere, <laughs> but that's the best place. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so let's get on with this, everybody. So, Tanya. Yes. The lovely. Yes. The leggy. Yeah, leggy? Which I've mentioned before. Mm. They, Miss. They go all the way Miss up. Miss Potato Salad <laughs> Youngstown runner-up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> What's going on in your... Music world this week. Well, aside from winning potato salad contests. Yes. Uh, or almost winning, apparently. Um, I watched a Ventures documentary. Oh, cool. And I learned a couple of things. Uh, first of all, uh, 
I always assumed that the ventures were from California. Mm. No, yeah, I'd be wrong because they were from the Seattle Tacoma, Washington area. Okay. In fact, they spent some time trying to do some recording down in Los Angeles, and they were told to go back up to SeaTac to the place where they recorded their original stuff because that was their sound. Uh, so that was an interesting little thing. And the other thing I never realized is their biggest hit and probably the 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 song that put instrumental surf tunes on the charts back in 1962, mm-hmm. Walk, Don't Run, was originally done as a jazz tune by Johnny Smith. And then Chet Atkins also did a version of Walk, Don't Run. And when you listen to the, I did, I went back and listened to both of those versions. And, you know, what they described in the documentary is, you know, these guys said, well, we couldn't really play like, Johnny Smith or Chet Atkins, so we just venturized the song. <laughs> Indeed, and it's 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 really cool because a lot of the the basic parts of the song are in the are in the the jazzy versions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know what what the Ventures did to it? I mean, that just totally revolutionized the music world. Huh. So for was, those who don't was know, it worth your time? It was worth the time. It wasn't the best made documentary I've ever seen. But it was worth watching, and it's you know for those who don't know, the Ventures were uh, really the the premier surf instrumental uh, group. Uh, they were formed in, in 1958 uh, by Don Wilson and Bob Bogle, and later you know the the the, the what would be the classic lineup: uh, Noki Edwards, who originally was brought on board as a bass player, but he was such a good lead guitar player, he became the lead guitar player. And Mel Taylor on drums. Um, so it was really interesting to see some of the the old footage and some of the like they were on American Bandstand and different things like that. But um, you know they at, the, at their time they were, I guess in in the rock world, relatively old. I think they were in their mid to late twenties uh, when they became popular, and you know playing in front of screaming teenagers and that sort of thing so mm. so it was kind of interesting but uh but yeah if you, you i think i found it on prime video or something like that if you if you have a chance and have a i don't know it's probably about hour and a half or so it's definitely worth watching i Cause, dig it because you can learn a thing or two like i did very nice very nice i think we actually met one of the ventures uh at i want to you know what i think it was Jared, I think that was the Michigan Guitar Show. Do you remember yeah. that? Yes, I do. Yeah. He just came up and goes, well, I'm one of the Ventures, and those guitars suck. <laughs> he was talking about the Mosrite something. I can come on and tell you about how Mosrites are terrible. Okay. Well, actually, their, their uh, pickups were actually made out of, like, Bondo, and Bondo is a it's a like a putty that gets hard that they use in the automotive industry to fix like dents and stuff like that. And, and um, yeah, it was very, I don't know. Primitive. Just yes. very primitive. Anybody, anyone who's ever owned or played a Moserite knows that they are fairly primitive guitars and yes. they, yeah. they're, they're a little difficult to play because the, the nut width is very narrow. The frets are extremely low. Uh, it makes Gibson's fretless wonders look like you know you're 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 playing a you know something with jumbo frets, 
And it's like a bunch of like people in the mechanic and auto industry got together and said, "Let's make guitars." <laughs> well, that's probably I mean, not too far off the off the path there. But yeah, that's I I, I think uh, I mean I, I I I I have a couple that I really enjoy, um, but they're not my favorite guitars to play because they they do require a little different touch, and uh, you know if you've got big honking hands like mine and you like to play pressing the strings through the back of the neck like I do. Um, it doesn't work real well. Well, we're talking about them, so good for them. Yeah. No, they're they're cool guitars. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, how about that? That was – I think I'd actually like to watch that. I mean, there was a lot of really cool stuff that was happening in that era. Why don't era. you come over sometime and I'll make some popcorn. That sounds really – We can cool. have a PJ party. That is the creepiest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> And you said some yeah, creepy stuff to me. Zach, you come on up too. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> I'm smoking Polska Kielbasa. Come on over and jacuzzi with me. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's That happened. That happened. It did happen. Jeez. Anyways, uh, let's check in with Zach. Oh, man. Uh, not a whole lot's going on apart from I mean, this like normal pedal builder stuff. I, I'm going through a bit of a uh, why in the world do I have so much stuff? phase of my life <laughs> oh man and just looking around i'm like i have i got a lot of guitars and a lot of amps and i mean the the best thing about being in this industry is you get the opportunity to get so many great things and you meet people and you get great deals and you have all this stuff and then you never have a moment to enjoy it so mm. um I, i've been having a bit of a my gear life crisis as we've called it around the shop and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling very purgy. And mm. so I'm, I'm thinking about selling a ton of pedals, amps, guitars, all the things that I, yeah. I have. But it's really hard for me. I, I, have, um, I definitely adhere to the Marie Kondo. Does it, if it brings you joy, you should have it. And unfortunately for me, everything I hold, I'm like, oh, I, I really like this. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but, but that's kind of the thing that's been on the back of my mind, apart from all the normal pedal building things, but I've, I've just, I, I get out every guitar that's kept in a case and I look at it and go, do I really need you? And then I strum it and go, yeah. And then I put it back <laughs> in the case and then I don't play it for another month. You know, there you go. That's I, as I, long as you, as long as you take that time every so, every so often to do that, it's yeah. allowed. Yeah. It's, it's just, I don't think that for me, I'm just getting to the point where, um, I, I can't justify it because finding a modicum of success, and I'm not trying to boast here, but you you tend to you, – you, you set your sights a little higher. And so you spend more money on gear. And for me, I've spent a lot of money over the past couple of years on some really expensive stuff that doesn't get the time that it deserves. And it just feels wasteful. And I feel like I should sell these things and turn them into – I don't adult th like uh, investments or is it something like you know things that are going to benefit my wife and my son and myself later. But I and don't you're know. You're cursing right now. <laughs> hmm. Nah. Well, I, I get it. Yeah. You and like, me both, man. Gear life crisis. That's what it is. Yeah. It. Well, do you think you know we've talked about this a little bit before, um, and almost every single builder I know is in the same position and, and frankly almost every single person we've had on the show like what do you do man i hardly ever play anymore is right. it like it's i've kind of always had the 
the the sort of um, guiding principle in life. It's like if you love pizza, don't work in a pizza shop. <laughs> right. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of it for me is every day is um, is you know is playing guitar. If you love to and, eat pizza. I should say that. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's that is a clarifying <laughs> factor. I was like looking at it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like I, uh, guitar is work, um, and I want it to be play. But it, you know, I don't know. That's that got a little that got a little heavy. But that's that's where I'm at right now. So okay, I get it. Well, I will bring a large briefcase full of cash. Yeah, <laughs> please. <Yay. laughs> well, Jared, how about yourself? Uh, yeah. Speaking of selling stuff, um, I. Sold one of my reverends. And, uh, yeah, I never play them. I, I love those guitars, especially because I, um, I bought the one my first reverend off off Ken, and uh, he was funny that day. I I went to the they call it the Reverend Ranch or the Ranch, and um, it's it's just a big warehouse where they have all the stuff and but nice office, nice uh, demo room that you can see. Um, when they're on the internet, but, uh, went in there and he said, Hey, let's walk over to this really good cafe and get some great coffee. And I'm like thinking, you know, this really nice high end coffee place. And we started to walk across the street and there was a speedway and that was it. (laughs) (laughs) We we went to the speedway and we got coffee and it's like, it's good coffee. And then I'm like, yeah, sure. But anyway, I bought, I bought it, uh, Long story short, I bought my first Reverend from him directly, and uh, it was a six-gun, the light blue Mm six-gun, and I had uh, Tony Balonski here make me two or three different pick cards cards for it, and I I kept the two, um, I put two screen top humbuckers in it, and I don't even remember what spec the humbuckers are. I don't, it's been too long, I totally forgot what they were, uh, but they look cool, they sound great. Uh, the guitar just sounds and plays fantastic, but I have so many guitars and I don't use them. I've I've only been using, I think, two Fender style or two Fenders and and uh, Gibsons and uh, some Martin acoustics. That's about it. Um, not really using the Reverend, uh, using the uh, Chase Chasing Vintage though. Uh, but uh, yeah, so. Guy at work um, heard me over talking about the reverence. He said, bring him over here. I, I want to see him. So I bring him over, and he ended up buying the six-gun. So oh, okay. really likes it. He's like, dude, what are these pickups? What are these pickups? I'm like, I don't remember. I don't know. Don't ask. I don't know. <laughs> but he's, they sound great. They sound great. I'm like, great, cool. But, you know, And it made me feel good that he liked it so much because it – it justified me selling it to somebody who's going to use it and enjoy it more than I did. It's great guitar. I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with it. I just, when you have too many guitars, you have too many guitars. And I just turned it into cash and I don't know. Well, now you need to drive up to see Zach. Ah. And I am <laughs> tomorrow. Bring the cash. He saw, he saw all my stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough, man. However, um, I've been looking for a 54 uh, Gibson Custom that's got the uh, 
that's got the uh, staple pickup in it, the 54. Yep. All Nico staple. And I may have found one. Mm. I've been looking for one. They never go to the, like, we we can, employees can buy demo guitars, um, and we get a slight discount. But those things never end up in the demo. Because mm. we don't make, a, we only make a, maybe a few hundred a year, if that. We don't make a lot of those. So if I want one, I just have to look for one and... It's it's I've been looking for one for a year and a half. I, I may have found one. So is it a, a real one or a, a reissue? No, it's just a reissue. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. I mean the reissues brand new are like eight or nine thousand dollars. You know I couldn't I couldn't I mean even discounted employee that's that's a lot of money. So it's not something that and I don't play out much anymore. So yeah, get yourself uh, a nice Epiphone. There you go. Huh? Man, they're the same as the Gibsons. I said. They are. Uh-huh. They're they're exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> no, now you say that though. Um, if you sold that white better, SG, better, you could get better. like two hundred uh, Epiphones. I yeah, <laughs> but they are getting better and better and better. No, I, I, I have an Epiphone Les Paul standard that uh, Al John hooked me up with, and it uh. Rhett, Shaw, and I compared it to a real burst, and it sounded almost identical. It was insane. I know. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. But did it play uh, almost it. identical? We've had, we've had real bursts uh, in. We've had real bursts in the custom shop, and we've plugged in other the other like custom shop guitars, and they sound louder and better. I mean, not all bursts are bursty, you know? They're all just guitars. <laughs> Or just all guitars and some sound better than others. Oh, wise one. Crazy. Tell me about bursts. <laughs> not all bursts are bursty. They're not. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, P.S. I found the thing. I'm sending it to you, Jared. He found Thank the you. thing. I found the I'm thing. I'm going to read, I'll read the thing later. Yes, do that. Hey, Todd, what about you? Well, I'm glad you asked. First of all, I want to send out a sincere thank you. Um, I was not expecting this, but I got so many messages um, regarding the passing of my my dad. And I, I just, it was nice because I didn't, I, I kind of didn't want to put it out on social. Um, I realized I, by me saying it on the podcast, but that's sharing a little bit more personal to a smaller group. Right. Um, I didn't just want to like lob it out there and go, well, this happened to everybody. Uh, I just felt weird about it. There's even people that like called me that I haven't even got back to because I just, I don't know, kind of struggling with it a little bit. But um, I, I, I just really didn't expect it, and so many people sent messages, um, you know, just saying, "Hey, man, sorry, sorry about the news that you shared on the thing." And the coolest thing is, like, almost every single one of them said, "If you need to talk, I'm here for you." Nice. It's awesome. These are these are people that we, you know, some of them we've grown to know well, some of them not so well, and and not so well in a not in a sense that we don't want to know them, but we know them at an arm's length. But the just the fact that someone w- would offer that up, I, I was really uh, moved by that. And, I, and I, I truly appreciate that from everybody. So thank you. Um, in other uh, news, what I was doing this week, um, I took the holiday 
Fourth of July, and I said, "Okay, uh, first of all, I Dutch, I, I, I baked this amazing Dutch baby, uh, a, a lemon blueberry. It's it's sort of like a a pancake cake pie, pan and kuchen. Yeah, in in a in a uh, iron skillet. Oh man, it yeah. it blows up almost like a souffle, and then it flattens." Fantastic. Maybe, Can't even I, taste the baby in there. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know what that has to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> Let nice. me out, Mr. Man. Um, it's real. So after that, I said, okay, I've got time today, and I got to get – I had to – I've been putting off making a video for Flint Effects for the Stomper. And I thought, okay, I just, I'll just go down there and get, get this taken care of. And the thing is that people just – I think take for granted whenever you see a really good video, a lot of work went into that in all likelihood, mm-hmm. and it's it's shocking and borderline shameful <laughs> if you're just like, wow, I just spent this many hours trying to do this, trying to you know get the script written, trying to get the vocals done, put all the stuff, go upload it. I got to make an ad, blah blah blah. I got to pick the music, yeah, yada yada. yada. It's like you know four and a half hours, and. It it was, but it ended up the way I wanted to, and I was happy with it. And I I'm hoping that we get some some good traction out of that. And and if you have an HX stomp, yes, don't you know you got to protect your knobs. Protect your knobs. So you need a stomper from FlintEffects.com. So go check it out. I will also add to this man because it's kind of cool and exciting. So I mentioned that I got one of those uh, Fender pedal boards. Yes, I really like it. It's a great pedal board. Um, and super, super affordable, which I was a little bit shocked about, frankly, um, because of how well it's actually made. Uh, the only problem is the brace, there's this, there's this, uh, plastic molded brace on the back that will hold your, um, power unit in. So you don't have to drill holes into it and all that business. It's, it's really pretty clever. It was designed specifically uh, for the fender engine room uh, power units, but will it's adjustable, so you can put basically any power unit in there, and it should work. Mm-hmm. The only problem is it'll fit the engine room twelve like really snugly, which is really long. If you have a smaller unit, the ends tend to like cramp down a little bit, and it doesn't. It'll hold it in place. It's not going to go anywhere. But if you try to plug in your power unit, it pushes it back. And I was like, oh, mm. this is a this, this stinks. This is a design flaw. It's so great. This is the only thing. And I tried all kinds of different ways. And there's some, like, sticky stuff, you know. And, and I'm like, man, I don't want to gum it all up. Could you put a giant spring behind it? It has <laughs> springs on it. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it is it is a well-designed thing. It just, for whatever reason, this is its Really, it's only flaw that I can see. Well, guess what? Uh, Flint effects. I designed <laughs> something that will keep any power unit you have in place. Oh. If you're interested, contact me. Oh, man, 3D you, printer, baby. You what know you, it. What's it called? The fender plug. No. Uh, what was it? Uh, it's <laughs> the, the F uh, plug. No. <laughs> F bomb. I think. Uh, I think it was the, the clamper. You know, because oh. like the stomper. Is it it's clamper? The clamper. Is it clamper? I love the clamper. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it works perfect. And it was crazy because I made a paper model. I'm like, I need to make this. And I was like, this is awesome. 
So look at you. Yeah, Man. I love doing that stuff. It's fantastic. Anyways, boy, your high school math teacher would be so proud. Oh no, <laughs> I still can't do math. <laughs> For those of you out there that are wondering, I failed algebra four times. Yes. I even cheated my way through the first algebra course. You want to hear how I did it? It It's kind of ingenious. Zach, just say yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So this was the first time uh, when I I took it. Kids, if you're listening at home, do do not try this in high school. Don't try this at home. But I had had a, uh, they said, well, you can have a calculator. I was like, what? A calculator? I know know what you're going to (laughs) do. On, well, I had a black calculator. Uh-huh. And they, and I always liked to, to put my name on things, you know, because my things, this is mine, you can't have it. And all I had, uh, I, I couldn't find a pen. And it was, uh, I, I asked the teacher, I said, do you have a pen? And I'm like, well, I don't know what pen's going to show up on, on black. And he said, you know, what do you, you can't write on the back. I'm like, oh, give me a red pen. I'm thinking red's going to stand out. It didn't, but, and it was also dry erase. And I couldn't see it. I'm looking straight at it, and I couldn't see it. And I was like, this is stupid. It doesn't work. And I went to put it down, and the light hit it, and I was like, oh, I can see it. Nobody else can, though. I'm going to write all the answers down on the back of my calculator in disappearing dry erase red pen. And I did. I still failed. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dummy. Yeah. I got, that's what I got. Anyways, uh, I was very good in English, so that balanced it out. Well, that's good. So uh, let's move onward and upward, shall yes, we? Please. All right. Uh, we need to first check in with tour gear designs. Yes. You know what? They've got something new over there. What's they that? They got one of these newfangled things over there. What is it? It is a 72-inch TRS cable. 72-inch. That's 72 six inches. feet. Dang. Yeah. Wow. So that means you're doing some heavy-duty switcheroning. Wow. You know, from your pedal board, I guess, to your amp, maybe? Probably. Oh, no. That's what I suspect. That's what you'd have to do. That's or crazy. Your expression pedal. Your something. expression pedals. Something that requires that. Yes. Yes, indeed. Anyways, that's um, crazy talk. It is crazy talk, and but it just goes to show you. It's like it's it's still their same product. You can go from seventy two to twenty four to eighteen to twelve to six to four. Let me to ask three. you this. Oh, I forgot eight. Let me ask you this. Yeah, if you go to their website, you can tourgeardesigns dot com. Yes, and you load up your shopping cart and you put one of these seventy two inch crazy cables. And if you type in, in the coupon code, the guitar knobs, will you still get 10% off? Not only will you get 10% off, you will get 10% off. That's almost 20%. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, go over to tourgeardesigns.com and check out this newfangled TRS cable that's 72 inches long. And while you're you're being wowed and amazed, fill your cart up full of, of patch cables that you need for your own pedal board. Thanks to Tour Gear Designs for sponsoring our four on the floor. Zach Broyles! Wait a minute. What? Uh-huh. Doesn't Jared need to do something? What? It's time for four on the floor. <laughs> what was that? That was great. That's a new four on the floor song. Wait, no, the other one. The no. other one's better. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Do the other no. one. Give me a little bit of this. Uh... That was nasty. One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. Zach Broyles. 
Mythos, yeah. pedals, etc., etc., etc. What is your four on the floor? Uh, newly updated from several years ago. Uh, so you said no mythos, so I've I've been good. I've been good. Uh, <clears throat> I've got the Keeley Katana. Mm-hmm. I, uh, oh. One of my favorite clean boosts, and this one, it's some special edition. Robert Keeley does a lot of special editions, but this one's like a nice teal color, and it's got a light blue and white print. Uh, I love this thing. It has a pull. We, maybe you can hear it. Ooh, on the potentiometer for even more boost, but killer boost. Next to that, I've got a tube screamer, but not any tube screamer. Mm. I've got the thirty foot. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a minute! Oh, You're jumping! On. You're jumping! Change the heck out of that thing! Oh, I, I don't know how far. I, how, how much? How deep do I have to go? Here? Deep. 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 Get BGD, dude. You gotta go BGD. So the Katana is a dual FET class A clean boost. Ah. I I just really like it. I like that. So the Katana is, it just has a really nice character and a nice uh, chime without being overtly bright. It's not my favorite clean boost, but my favorite clean boost is now. Uh, built by us, <laughs> so uh, I can't pick it. Um, but uh, I, I do think the katana is just incredible. It has a nice compression and just an honesty to the boost that doesn't sound. Sometimes uh, simple transistor-based circuits kind of sound harsh, or a little rough around the edges, or um, they don't really sound like a tube being pushed. Sometimes, depending on how. The circuit is arranged, but this has a charge pump in it, so it's running at really high headroom internally, and it just sounds like your amp got louder, and then the more you turn up the volume, the the amount of push and compression and things that happens in the pedal and also doubly with the amp, it just feels right under the fingers. And that's the thing that with any pedal, but mainly a boost or or a drive or a fuzz, it's got to feel right under my left hand. Or yeah. Yeah, so, I can't. So I can't. agree this, with that. Is this an all all on or just a lead type of thing? I I don't believe in always on pedals. Okay. <laughs> I believe they exist. I want you to believe. Uh, but I um, I think that your amp should do all the heavy lifting. Ah. Uh, and then pedals are just there for an accent. So I would use a, the, a clean boost like the Katana. Um, just for a little bit of a volume bump or a kick in the, the pants or the teeth, depending on how much volume is set, uh, to push the amp or subsequently the next pedal a little bit further. But I don't, I don't, I think always on uh, pedals, unless you are using a purely clean platform, um, if you need that, I think you probably need a better amp or an amp that gets you there. Ah. But that's just like my opinion, man. So. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, well, that is an interesting point, and I think it is a a great discussion because there are. I mean, I, I know that there's some pedals. I understand what you're saying in theory. I will say that, in much in the way that if you put like a uh, like my setup right now, I've got um, a a critter blues breaker version pedal going into. Um, the the blamo vermin and um it's i can't get that same sound out of that vermin Mm -hmm. without you know it's it well and it's not it doesn't mean the vermin is lacking it just means i'm getting something that i wasn't suspecting out of that 
So having that in front, it's like, I think you can definitely get things you, that might be a surprise you're not expecting. It can also make it sound like crap, too. So you, you do right. have to play around with it. Um, I, th- I think a lot of people, the term always on, like, it, like I could get a boost for if, you're, if there's a disparity between like your pickup output right. or something like that. But a lot of people consider like overdrives always on. It's like that is their bass tone. And unless your bass tone... Uh, B-A-S-E tone, is uh, not normal. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but, um, you know, if you just need a slightly push sound or a little bit more of a a, a different EQ or something, then to me, that sort of idea of an always-on thing. Now, like pairing, that's totally different. Um, And especially, I don't know what the vermin is, I assume... It's probably it's a, a, it's rat. a rat. It's a rat based clone. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I totally understand the, the the pairing and stacking and thing. My point was that when you when you are uh, taking something foreign to the thing that you're using and making it do something a little different, that can yeah. be a fun thing. Oh yeah, and I, I like I like experimenting uh, with stuff. I mean, I have uh, I have more pedals than I, I'd like to admit, but. Um, you can admit me, it on air right now. How many do you have? No, I'm just uh, probably like 150 or so. I mean, it's not that many compared yeah. to like, I've been still to very Josh impressive. Scott's, like like a uh, shop, and I've seen his thing, and it's like crazy. But um, yeah, for me, it's all in service yeah. of my guitar playing, and I can understand what you're saying about like if you're running sort of a more of a clean type. Uh, I'm letting my amp do all the work, right? And but you have an always-on boost pedal. It's th- I understand that argument of like, well, do you actually really need that? Is yeah. that really doing anything? Yeah, that's just it, it's just my my thing because I am I very much even though I build pedals and I love pedals and I use pedals um, more often than not. If if you said, hey Zach, you've got half an hour to go play guitar, I'm not going to grab a pedal. I'm going to grab a cable and my uh, guitar and an amp, and I'm going to turn it up as loud as I'm allowed and just play. Um, yeah. Because I, I, I've, I feel very fortunate for my amp collection, but my amps, I, I adore them, and, and I feel like I'm doing them a disservice yeah. unless I'm playing them really quiet by throwing like a gain pedal in front of them when their gain is sound. It sounds so remarkable by itself. Yeah. I think it's a really interesting thing to think about chronologically if we see where, like, the pedal explosion happened. Right. Where that does coincide very much with sort of the volume wars of, like, gigging, um, of more people living in apartments and stuff like that, um, and not having not as many lockout places to play. Um, Mm -hmm. Those just, they, they hardly exist anymore. And trying to get that that sound that is like a totally driven amp where it's you know just shaking the windows but without shaking the windows and without having to re- result to resolve to just throwing on a pair of headphones or something right well it's funny you know most of my friends who gig uh, or even practice a lot we've all switched and even me at home I use digital stuff because it just it just sounds better for those volumes yeah. i feel like yeah um but that's you know again that's just me i'm i'm 
I'm a, I'm an interesting guy in my gear <laughs> philosophies mm. uh, compared to most people. I think I, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm definitely uh, don't I get it. Go with the flow. I get it. Cool. I get it. How about number two? Yes. Number two. So I jump. I jumped forward. I jumped the shark a bit. Um, tube screamer, but not any tube screamer. It's the 35th anniversary. Which for the real nerds out there, it's the narrow box 808, nice. um, which has like lines on the side and the flying the Ibanez flying finger, the finger with like the butterfly wings. Nice. Um, this one's interesting. It's got an op amp. Uh, oh, it's got two op amps. Um, the normal one that everyone like you know knows about inside a tube screamer, and then it has another one that is the in- input and out. Put buffers. Uh, guess what? It sounds basically the same. But uh, I got one of these at the Amigo Guitar Show, and I just think it's super rad. So I grabbed it, and I I use a screamer uh, mainly as like a a low gain uh, push and more of a um, like a focusing effect, uh, not kind of like what a metal guy would do, but um, mainly just to, to to jump out in a mix and not necessarily for the gain sound but just for that sort of honk and unlike a lot of people i think a tube screamer works with everything uh humbuckers uh marshall's vox it doesn't matter i i like um that pedal into most amps you throw it into it doesn't just have to be a black panel fender with a strat um yeah because i I mean all, all like so many classic records were made with a tube screamer somewhere in the signal chain i just i just adore that circuit and so what uh, what model of the Screamer was this one? This is the 35th anniversary. Ah, that's and what so, I didn't catch, yes. Yeah, so Ibanez uh, will do anniversary models um, on occasion. And this one, it looks like a normal 808, but it's a slightly skinnier. It has a different back. Um, it doesn't have like a rubber backing. It's, it's, it's a replica of what the very, very, very first one With the square like. button. Still has a square button. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, cool. It's, it's just a tube screamer inside. It's just got a slightly different circuit. Yeah. Neato. It is a, yeah. a it's a handsome pedal. Uh, it's great. I mean, like, yeah, I, I, we could talk about the rebrand of mythos later if you want, but like the aesthetic of Ibanez and Maxon and, and boss too, from that era, the late, late seventies, early eighties is, is, I don't. I mean, it's. I think there's some of the coolest looking pedals ever made. So yeah, that's just what I love. I, I am a fan of the Max on the silver uh, rocker uh, pedal. You know, with the, the 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 silver foot switch with the ridges and all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. The mm, I love those. Yes. <laughs> oh, righty. What's number three? So number three, we're going we're going old again. I've got my vintage CE2 that I've modded, and. I, I don't if I w- if you said Zach you got a gig tonight you can grab some pedals this would be like my wild card <laughs> pedal which is it, it's so tame compared to what most people would say I'm gonna get something weird um, this is about as weird as I can get but I, uh, I I went on a bit of a bender a couple of years ago just buying every vintage pedal that I'd ever wanted within reason you know mm-hmm. I didn't wasn't buying everything but it's but fun I'm, to do that. It is, and uh, Reverb, and especially Japan, uh, if, if you see what's in Japan, you can get really good deals on this stuff. Um, but this one, it, it's, a, it's a Taiwanese one, but it's still old. It's, they're basically the same PCB inside. But I modded it to have a little bit more uh, speed and depth, and it just sounds 
it just sounds so good. It, you put the rate all the way down and the depth all the way up, and it just takes your your sound and makes it a little bit wider. And you can do the faux Leslie thing, the rotary thing. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. It, it's such a cool effect that, especially when you use it in a subtle way, it's not blatantly obvious what you have going on, but you notice when it's gone. I really like those sort of those sort of things. So this is an always-on pedal for you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, when, when I have gigged in the past and I use these sort of things, it's like something you turn on in a chorus. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to speak ironically, but like in the chorus of a song or something to just add a little uh, – uh, just to fatten things yeah. up. Or um, if you have a part that's seemingly pretty – um, sparse, or you need to fill up space and just add some movement without getting too silly with the layer reverb. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like using some sort of simple modulation in that sort of context. But t- to be honest, I haven't played a gig in, oh, I can't even remember the last gig I played. So hmm. maybe I'm speaking out of turn. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, I love, like, again, old old boss and, and Ibanez stuff and Maxon stuff is, is my favorite. It All is right. panels ever. How about number four? Well, speaking to the vintage uh, Ibanez thing, I have a vintage Ibanez AD80. So mm. the AD80 is the precursor to the AD9, which is the iconic uh, analog delay that everyone knows, uh, the little pink Japanese uh, Ibanez box. But this looks like With a the shaky GSA font. Yeah, it's got yeah, it's got a really interesting font on it. But this was a birthday present to myself. I got a few years ago. It's 18 volts, and it just sounds. It it just has this complexity and dirtiness to the repeats, and and seemingly always going to run away from you, but it doesn't. And that, I mean, it's why I made my Oracle the way we made it. But these sort of these sort of delay circuits just have a personality and a character that. When I'm looking for a delay, I don't want it to get in the way. I, I want it to be uh, just underneath my guitar playing and not um, ever an obstruction yeah. or or anything like that. I want it just to kind of live you underneath. I'm that for sure. Yeah, there, there's, uh, there's nothing more infuriating to me than, especially an analog style delay, that the mix is, you can't dial it out. So... This yeah. one to me is is just that's what I don't like about uh, like MXR phasers and stuff. It's just gone. Yeah, can't. Yeah, do they, it. they're they're pretty obtrusive. But the these these old eighty eighties in the Maxon ones too are just really great. And they're the and it's like it's hot pink, man, and it's oh, yeah. cool looking. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, the colors are just perfect. So yeah, I dig it. I dig it. That's a nice lineup, man. Yeah. It's we a approve. Little, a little bougie, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it is. I could I could have mentioned my clawing, but I don't know. That's a, that's a really bougie getting that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just did. So congratulations. <laughs> Yay! He's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait. Let's have two jerks on. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, yeah, you guys can have a clawing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the clawing. So, um, Zach. Mm-hmm. Last time we talked, so let, let's go back. We'll go back one step further. As you mentioned before, you you started up your show in in uh, uh, and by show I mean your 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 pedal building show, uh, yeah. production business. 
<laughs> Help me with the words. Tony, don't just look at me like, like, geez, I hope he fails. <laughs> yeah. What? You got Willy Wonka over here. Going, please, please, no. No. <laughs> Stop. Please. No, Todd. Stop. Stop words. <laughs> Anyways, you started building uh, those pedals in, in 2017, and we had you on the show. I mean, as soon as I saw those, we called you up. And mm-hmm. uh, we had you on, and it was yeah. a great conversation. It was really neat to talk to somebody who who literally was just in the in the beginning stages of of creating what you've now created. Um, we had you on a couple times uh, since then, and it's been a few years, and we've got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, yeah. I, I I mean, I officially started building in 2010. But then I left my full-time job at Carter in 2017 to pursue this full-time. So it's been a wild ride uh, since then. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been any doubt in your mind about you know, doing the pedal thing for a living? Any shred of doubt at any time whatsoever? Are you, are you kidding? <laughs> every moment of every day. I, You saw me. You came by the shop yeah. and... My and you mentioned when I had the video going how white my beard is. You know, yeah. I'm I'm uh, how old am I? Thirty eight, almost thirty nine. Um, I'm going to be white headed, you know, pretty quick because <laughs> it's just it's it's the hardest thing I've ever done. It's been incredibly rewarding, and I feel so fortunate for for what you know, Mythos as a brand and and what we've all done to get to this place. But it, it I don't. I feel like, and this is just my, maybe it's my own psychosis or or something, but it always feels like because the world is so volatile and gear ebbs and flows in and out of favor all the time, every day, you know, something, you'll see something online. You're like, oh man, I haven't thought about that in ages. And that is my greatest fear. I don't want to be, where did mythos go? And so that sort of feeling um, is... It's always in the back of my head, and it's not always eating at me, but but it does. And yeah, it's uh, it's something I think about uh, very often. And those who are keeping score and want to go back, episode number forty-eight. Forty-eight. Oh, wow. That is a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that's Zach's that's first, the, uh, first appearance in twenty seventeen. And, that, that, and that's also when the first uh, read. Um, Got to have the the name read on the thing. That's when that came out as well. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's said every episode now. It's yeah. a while back. Yeah. Uh, so, how do you find yourself ensuring that? Or, or I get no. I'm going to back that up. It's one thing to recognize that, and I think that, that is one of the foibles of doing something where you're like, I'm going to do this, and then that. For many people that we have on the show, and I would say, even say maybe ourselves included, um, excluding yourself because you've already said that, uh, that does become, to a certain degree, part of your own identity. Right. And how do you, how do you balance the, I guess, the health of that uh, yourself? Just dealing with, with that sort of... Uh, unwavering fear, <laughs> sort of. Th- how do I deal with that? Yeah, I mean, um, I guess, I guess the the fear and and you know, as you're growing, as you're expanding, um, how much of how much of you 
is becoming that, how much of that is becoming you kind of thing. Right. Well, I, I feel like the thing that always keeps me in check is um, the community. Because um, I think anybody that makes anything, um, you get so focused on the looking down at what you're doing, you can't see the people who are actually enjoying what you're making. And since I've taken a step back from making uh, and just running and designing and doing all the operations of everything, I, I see it um, not as much as I was like, but when I really dive in to social media and, it, 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 and do events, it kind of resets my brain to, to, to remind me that, oh no, this is okay. Everything's going well. Um, everyone's fed. My employees are paid, you know, like things are, things are good. And it reminds me why I do it because people, you see the excitement when people play stuff or if I get to go to a, a show, which is infrequent uh, and people are using, uh, mythos pedals and I get to hear people make music with it, then that's just very reaffirming that, no, this is, this is worth it. And, and you're just freaking out for no, not for no reason, but let's, let's, let's take a step back from this, uh, you know, worrisome thought all the time. Hmm. Nice. I think, but I, I I'm just an anxious guy. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, it's, it's, I've always been like that. Um, and it's something that, you know, you just kind of have to be aware of and, uh, um, you can't be complacent in those things. You have to just kind of work at it, you know? Well, yeah, for an example, um, we, you and I did some, we, we had a pickup project, uh, two or three years ago <laughs> and I, and throughout, through that process, whether it worked or not, I really respect, um, I, I really liked how you didn't accept anything other than what you really wanted. And yeah. And you don't settle for well. You just don't settle. I have a uh, respect for people that look for the thing until they actually find the thing that they want. Yeah, and it's it's a blessing and a curse, you know. But yeah. and and it's hard. It's hard to you know say those things, especially people you are friends with and, and admire and respect, to say no. Nah, you know, it just it can't. It wasn't doing it, and the, it. I, that's that's me to myself, and and that's something that anytime I've collaborated with anybody, I'm doing pedals for artists or stores or just for an, a, another release. It has to be good enough for me, and it has. It, it, I have to want to play it. And there have been multiple things that stores have suggested and will prototype, and everyone around me will say, "That sounds awesome. When can we move it on to the next phase?" And I just look at it and go it's, it's not there. It's not, it's not mine. It's someone else's. And part of me is letting go of that a bit, um, in that respect for, you know, when I am doing a collaboration or something, but it, it's still, I always think about w w when I worked at Carter, um, it was really hard for me to accept that because of all the work we did for doing videos and Instagram and redoing the website and all this stuff and, and these these great accomplishments that we had, I always felt like they were for me, but they weren't. You know, yeah. it wasn't my name over the door, and it would never be my name over the door. And that took a long time for me to to realize. But learning that, I realized that with Mythos, it is my name, and and if it's if if it's not true to me, then what am I doing? You know? Yeah. That's uh that's a very good point. I think that 
that's a good, uh, what you want to call it? A good. I call uh, it a philosophy. A philosophy. Yes. yes. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm here with the words. Yeah. I'm thumbing yeah. through the dictionary as we speak. Been yeah. around a minute. <laughs> you read a lot. <laughs> read so, a lot. so time on the pot, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, what has been going on at Mythos? I mean, I know that uh, you've uh, moved from one space. Well, f- moved out of your extra room in in the apartment to uh, yeah. a workspace, and now you're in a larger space. Yeah. Uh, let's talk. Why don't we talk a little bit about the expansion and how things are going that way, that direction? Sure. I think. The last time I saw, um, well, I didn't. I don't. I didn't see Todd, but I, I saw, uh, you know, the rest of you guys. Was it summer? Was it? It was summer Nam. Yeah. And what was that? Twenty eighteen. I think 18, I actually. I think, I think we actually shared a a brief. Oh, that's right. Glance at, at Nam. Uh, we did a couple a couple months ago. What? Yeah, right. We yes. Were, you, we were both uh, right in the middle of stuff. That's yeah. That's right. Yes. Um, yeah, I was in <laughs> uh, dipped in tone responsibilities, but uh, the um, but that last time, I think I was still building out of my apartment, or maybe I was in our house, and so I I was building in my garage, and that was we bought our house in I guess 2019, and then in early 2020, I booked a trip to go to. England to do that pedal show, uh, and Anderton's mm-hmm. and we, we went, I, I did all the things we, um, heard about this thing called COVID Meh. and, uh, when we were in Heathrow and we flew back like the th- second week of March, right oh before, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. right got before the lockdown, literally, Holy yeah, like days before they, they wow. shut it all down. And we, um, we got home and I thought, well, I'm just going to take it easy, going to uh, get my shop in order, reassess. And then a couple weeks later, all the videos dropped and my world was set on its head because I went from having production of, you know, maybe a hundred a month, which is, you know, for one person, it was manageable. It's good. It was great, but it just grew and grew and grew. And so all of 2020 into 2021, it was just me in the garage, most every day. Um, and that was, that was rough. Uh, my wife, uh, forced me to start taking, you know, time off and, and at least spending Saturdays with the family. Cause for a while, I'd say at least six months I worked every day. Um, anytime I wasn't eating or, uh, hanging with the kiddo when he got up or went to bed, I was pretty much out there and it was, it was exhausting. So in 2021, uh, I hired my first employee or helper. He wasn't really a full-fledged employee. That was uh, uh, Jesse Rue from Rude Tech, and um, he oh, helped yeah. me. Oh, yeah, he was great. Yeah, J- Jesse's awesome. He's, yeah. he's an incredible guy, a oh, remarkable hell builder. Of a pedal, too, that, the, the, uh, the big one he put out there. Yeah, he's, he's, he's awesome. Way too smart to be working for me. But um, he worked with me in the garage, and then I, I had made friends with all the people – uh, at Novo and Matthew Timmons, their GM at the time, uh, they were expanding and he said, Hey, you need to get out of your house because it's killing you. (laughs) And, uh, you you rent the space. We'll make you a good deal. And so we did. And we moved there, hired some more people and quickly 
outgrew the space. I I had like one production room and I had an office in the glorified closet and then um, rented another room. And even that, it was only like 600 something square feet, like all in, pretty small. But um, Matthew was wanting to make a move just in life and in general. Uh, he, Novo was growing by leaps and bounds and, and he missed the small like team thing where every day was you're excited about what you're working on. It's not a, a numbers game or a production game where you know you can make anything at, at that point when mm-hmm. it's just you've got to meet quotas and, and fill orders. Meet their quotas, <laughs> right? And like you know, I'm not trying to be disparaging to anyone doing that. It's that's part of having a business. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what we do now. But we're we're all a, sm- a much smaller team and really passionate. And I needed a space, and so. Unbeknownst to me, every day when I was driving down to Airlane Drive, where Novo is, uh, by the airport in Nashville, I passed this billboard that said warehouse space for rent. And finally, uh, I noticed it, and we got in touch with uh, someone helping us find property with the space. And it's just like 20 minutes from my house, no traffic, just back roads, and we have 2,000 square feet. And uh, Matthew came to work for me, and um, now he's running all the business part, and I'm desperately trying to uh grow the brand and the business and the awareness and do all the the youtube and the podcasts and all those things that a business has to do these days i think to stay relevant but that's kind of in 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 that time i did like a revamp of the look i i i I killed zeus he's no longer on the pedals and then i (laughs) i i I, (laughs) uh and then um i changed the art and so now everything, it finally feels like a brand. It feels like a real aesthetic is kind of dialed in. And, and we have an identity where someone sees it and doesn't go, is that Earthquaker? Is that Walrus? No, it's Mythos. They, you know now based off the, the look, which is way more simple, but it's more true to, again, who I am as a yeah. builder and stuff. That's totally fair. Great. Yeah. Um, is... It, it, <sighs> Now that you've gone out of, I guess you know um, the the building. I was I was so close to saying pushing the pixels, which is <laughs> what I would do in uh, how I would refer to that in that's what in I my do line of work, right? <laughs> yeah. Now you're pushing. <laughs> um, so in my line of work, I I, I became a expert pixel pusher, and then I was like, nope. Now you're going to lead all the pixel pushers. Um, <laughs> in that role. Um, what are some of the things that you have found to be most, most challenging, not necessarily from a, this is hard, but maybe from a, a, either a self-guidance or a self-discipline aspect? Uh, yeah, I think some of the hardest things for me is just, um, I was so used to having, um, my hands in everything, um, and, and being, there was no inventory system except me. Uh, production, uh, planning, uh, marketing, it was all me. And mm-hmm. now I'm having to let go of a lot of that, um, which takes a lot of trust and a lot of patience. And sometimes, you know, employees don't get it right and you have to learn and grow, but that, that, it's, it's kind of hard for me to not know all those things anymore. Um, I mean, I, I still do the ordering and stuff, but, I just get a sheet, Matthew. Bray. He's like, "Hey, we need this stuff," and it's not me going out there and counting or checking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all in a computer, which is, you know, 
how it should have been done years ago, but um, you you have to. Do you have a big gold pocket watch that you walk around looking at all the time just to make people like, <laughs> move faster? Yeah, I look at it through my monocle and <laughs> uh, I swing my cane when the solder uh, joints are cold and stuff like that. I, uh, the yeah. hardest thing about all of this is hey, people, hey boys, no bread for you. <laughs> uh, here's your sob, your mythos bucks. Um, <laughs> one of the hardest things is uh, letting go of like my standards for building and not that the guys – uh, don't buildings correctly or up to a standard. It's just, I am, I was a machine at doing this stuff. We, like I said, I went from making a hundred to making like 400 or so a month. Wow. And so my Let's efficiency. Let's break that down a second. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so if you're working, let's say six days a week. Yeah. Six days a week. Matt, you do the math. I just, Tony, you do the math because I just remember how I said I took algebra four times. You don't want me doing this. Six days a week. Yes. Um, so that's uh, times four is 24. So 400 divided by 24. Yes. Is, do you know what that is? 16 and a half-ish. 16.6 repeating. 16? Right. 20, 400 divided by 24. 400 divided by 24. 16.6. Did I do that? I messed up the math again, didn't I? I've done this no, on, that's a, right. on another show it, before. Uh, it's 16.6 infinity. Yeah. That, no, that's right. It's not. You, so you it, had to build 16 pedals per day. Yeah. Consistently and, for. Well, 16 and a half. <laughs> well, 16 well, and two thirds. And, uh, in, in all that time, you know, I was, I was uh, changing up how things were made so like it could be more efficient and mm-hmm. I was redoing all my processes. It never stopped. It was always like ne- new revision, new new layout, new jack placement, those sort of things just to make my life easier. But it got to the point where I was batching, you know, 50 to 100 at a time and just trying to stay um, ahead. And a lot of those things too then were like Wildwood Mjolnir's, which I was still making through hole, which I put every single part in and soldered every one. And there was right. you know, a couple of Well, we had that one episode where you're like, all right, I think I'm about to go. Do I stay through hole or do I go uh, Boris? You know, and uh, and we did we we tested that out and we had a actual whole episode talking about that. Yeah. And 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 that uh, it, it was it was climbing uphill in sand um, for all that time all that time yeah uh and and it, it it you know we i got through it but it was it was really hard it was really hard and it, to the point where you know i had to have serious conversations with with morgan like i don't know if i can do this anymore mm-hmm. uh and i i spent a lot of time on the phone Were you with, losing heart oh yeah you know and just just exhausted you know working from you know i'd usually get up at six uh and then be in the garage at seven thirty, and then you know have lunch and a few breaks throughout the day minor but i usually work till midnight or 1 a.m like almost every day yeah um and i did a lot of live streaming to to, to connect with people um and just to have someone to talk to because we had a little kid and so morgan was busy with him and then you know she was tired from chasing a child all day so she couldn't come out at night so it was just a lot of me in the garage doing live streams talking to my phone and just trying to um, keep my head above water. Yeah. Uh, and so like letting go of that and letting go of of the, my standard I set for production and for um, 
just the quality of work um, was really hard. You know, when when guys, my guys would build a, a batch and like, oh, hey, there's two that don't work. It's like, why do they not work? You know, why do the other ones work and this these don't work? You know, it's really hard to 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 have those conversations because in my mind, it's like, you know, I know what I did wrong. Why do these not work? Right. And why does this? Why are these wires bent? Why is their insulation melted? Why does the, why does the um, uh, the solder flux all burnt? Like you know, the little things that you have. To, some of it you can work on, and some of it you just have to let go. Yeah. Can I interject here? With, yes. <laughs> I, to make you feel better, my friend. <laughs> Where I work at Gibson, the pickup shop. So we make over well over a thousand pickups a day. Yeah. A day. And there, there's, you know, a little bit of scrap because we have a pretty good quality uh, program, and uh, and it's a certain percentage, but it's eye opening. Even a small percent of uh, how much room in a in a big box that scrap parts that don't work take. It, yeah, it's jaw dropping. Yeah. So if if I can ever get you in there, if we're allowed to ever give people a tour. I mean, you'll be able to see that yeah. and what it looks like when you walk through there. And I think you'll just feel a lot better. Well, you know, and a, lo- a lot of it, <laughs> it, a lot of it is just, you know, sometimes it's not anyone's fault. It's just a board has a crap part and you don't, right. and it is surface mount. And so you have to like put Cold it on. Another, yeah. yeah. Or you have to put it on an oscilloscope and go, oh, this, this capacitor doesn't work. Right. Uh, you know, so sometimes it's just those things. Um, but you know, we, we're we're making making moves to to get everything a little bit more efficient, uh, and um, and all that. We actually lost one of our builders today. He's he's going to work at Carter. <laughs> um, Whoa, that's weird. Yeah, but it's good for him. It's it's a it's probably a better fit because sitting there and building pedals. Anyone that says, yeah, "Are you hiring?" I, I like to build pedals. It's like, no. Do, do you like to do the same thing for ten hours straight? Um, <laughs> that's the thing that most people don't. Yet. And so it's not for everybody, and yeah. that's okay. I do think if you, and, and I'm sure this is like the kind of environment that you are probably trying to build if, if you don't already have it, but it's one thing to say, do you want to sit by yourself and do something for 10 hours a day? But if you have an environment that makes you say like, yeah, I, but I'm doing it there. Right. Like that, that's all that, that makes every difference in the world. Right. Yeah. We, we definitely have, it's, you know, it's lighthearted. If you've, you guys have talked to Matthew, he's. Oh yeah. He's super easy going dude. He's the biggest cheerleader of, of, uh, of anything I've ever met. He's so positive and like supportive. And I mean, I like, I'm so glad that he decided to to come this way. Cause I just, I needed, I needed someone like that in my circle, uh, making sure that I wasn't worrying myself <laughs> more than this makes me sound like I'm just this Eeyore, <laughs> like sad sack. And I'm not, no, you're just being a realist, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being brutally honest. Cause I feel like these are conversations that a lot of people don't know about or have. So, um, well, it, it, you're, you just talked about taking that leap from 
hey, I'm doing this thing, and I own it, and I run it, and I came up with it, and these are all my pedals, and there is a there is a sense of ownership, there's a sense of control, there's a sense of pride that can keep you grounded and kind of high at the same time. Yeah. A lot of builders out there, and like, let's point this at all the builders who are at that stage where you were, are, mm. are probably going how, either how do I get to the next level or they're just maybe blindly going to the next level, which is okay too. You gotta yeah. do what you gotta do in life. You gotta grab it, man. Oh yeah. Um, at, but that transition stage, you kind of can lose your sense of self. You can lose your sense of control. You can lose, um, possibly your, your sense of purpose if you're not careful. Um, what advice do you have for people who might be trying to get out of that, that early, those early stages that you were in? Oh yeah. Um, one of the things that I have always thought is just surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. (laughs) Um, and, and be able to let go of the things that you're really not good at. Um, it's, it's a huge pill to swallow to admit that you need help when you've always done something yourself from, from a, a business standpoint. And, and admittedly, it's very hard because uh, if you've never started an LLC or hired employees or gone through, uh, you know, set up payroll. Oh, that's and, like, right there enough is to make you want, make you want to quit. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's so, it's so nerve wracking. But if you can find that group, uh, be it working for you or not, who can help with those things, uh, hold on to that. And, um, just embrace that sort of thing and admit like, Hey, I can take a pay cut to make my life easier because, you know, when it's just you and you see the, the, the coffers growing and you know where the money's going and, and, uh, all that stuff, uh, it's hard to let go. Uh, and I think a lot of people, if you're a small business, and it's just you or maybe you and a few other people and you don't have that sort of thing, that is, it's the next step you have to take um, for someone to really run a business and grow uh, is someone to really manage like the things that Matthew does. And, and not everybody is going to necessarily need a Matthew, but um, in, in other ways, like taking the next step, it, you just have to be, you have to invest in yourself. Whatever that is, if it's investing in your business, if it's investing in um, your own like mental health and well-being, you have to take all those risks and not be afraid to fail. Uh, as as Jared knows, I bought pickup winders and stuff because I thought, I want to make pickups. I want to do it myself. And guess what? I suck at it because I don't know how to make pickups. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I bought everything to do it because I was hungry and had to try and you never know what's going to stick. So yeah. you just have well, to be willing to take that risk. I really respect you for at least lifting the stone up and looking under it instead yeah. of just skipping by it. Jared, that, that was, was the most profound thing you've ever said in your entire life. Uh, <laughs> thanks? <laughs> Seriously, man, it takes a lot of guts to just even try it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, those are the things that I you can't. You don't have to accept failure, but you can't be afraid of it. 
you know and i think that's that's a thing when you're when you're growing as a business that uncertainty and failure is it's the last thing you want to ever like have to think about but those are the things that are going to make you take the steps that will get you to the next level and um yeah, yeah. i mean you got to you really have to think, you know, don't you think it's worth your time? You know, don't you right. know that things can change? Things will go your way if you hold on for one more day? Yeah. You <laughs> just got to hold on. <laughs> you're you're oh, welcome man. for that. <laughs> um, I think uh, just one more thing on this on this note, because I, I do think it's a very interesting place. And so many people, whether they're pedal builders, guitar builders, amp builders, or or Dang not it. even in our little universe. We know lots of people who are endeavoring things. But uh, I know several people that it the more they get themselves into, the more f- the more pies they have their fingers in the mm. less they are willing to trust others to be able to do it the way that they've done it up to this point. Yeah. And that can be very either either paralyzing or it, it can totally crush your desire because it's taking so much effort to do all these things that you think you want to do that maybe you don't actually need to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the, I mean, I I feel really I, I'm glad that the, the guitar pedal community community in particular is so supportive. It, it's some like other uh, things in the guitar space sometimes can feel a little clicky, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pedal builder space usually people are are so supportive, and it's not hard to reach out to these people and talk to them. So. And, and this this is applicable to any industry or any anything that you're anyone out there is trying to do. You just have to like start poking and prodding because most people will be very honest and receptive to questions. And and when I was growing and had all these growing pains and stuff, I spent a lot of time on the phone with Josh Scott and um, Robert Keeley and all these people just just asking like, hey, like how do you do this? What should I do? What do you do? And just to kind of inform decisions because if you've never done it, how in the world do you know what to do next? Stand but, on the shoulder of giants. That's right. But one of the, one of a quote, uh, not, to, to paraphrase a story real quick from Adam Savage, uh, Mythbuster fame tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went and saw him at a con recently and someone asked a question about like doing things you've never done before. And what he said was, how he approaches everything. And I think this is so like, it's so good for people to think about things this way is that if you know how to take the first step, just take it. And by the time you're done with that step, you'll probably have enough knowledge that you've learned along the way to take the next step and then the next step and know that there's no deadline or time frame. You just have to start taking the steps. And hopefully um, by the time you're done, you will have learned enough to complete whatever project you're trying to to do. And I think that's a really important way to live your life. And, and again, don't be afraid to fail, but also so many people, you know, they'll say, I know how to do this, but I don't know how to do the next thing. So they never take that first step. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it's interesting you just brought that up because I ran across a quote that I'd seen several times before, but it, it just, just it, I recalled it since you just brought this up. I believe, don't throw rocks at me, but I believe it is by a Chinese uh, philosopher named Liu Zhang. I could be wrong, but it is um, the journey of, of a, th- uh, the journey of a thousand years begins with one step. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like, how do you eat, eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jared, I, you know, Jared style. When, yes. when, when Zach was talking bite. about taking the first step, I was thinking about Indiana Jones in the last crusade when oh, they were man. taking that first step over that, that they thought they were going to fall, but there's like a hidden pathway across the gorge or whatever the oh yeah they threw the sand on it yeah you right, gotta have yeah. a bag of sand in your uh, australian yep. mar- mail carrier bag <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly <laughs> the Julia, what are you doing <laughs> anyways all right so uh, so zach looks like you've got about a dozen pedals in the lineup right now yeah i like the uh, red what, one what are you, what, <laughs> okay <laughs> i can't a, pronounce it i'm sorry <laughs> good night everybody <laughs> yeah <laughs> what have you got uh cooking on the burners right now well, uh, I mentioned the the CE two and the four on the floor, mm-hmm. so we're we're working on a chorus that is CE two inspired. Um, that's, right. that's really exciting. Uh, chasing a little bit of noise. I I'm I'm like I mean, if you haven't <laughs> gathered by now, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. No, um, so I have to let go of some hiss and things that are just inherent to circuits because sometimes uh, different chipsets just make different noise. But working on that, uh, hopefully, we'll have something final for that um really soon but doing some signature stuff uh some secret things mm. I, I i've already said too much um <gasps> but we're working on working on a univibe uh we're gonna be at nam uh this coming year have our own booth do the whole thing nice yeah, and, um, there you go nice but uh, well, i will our, do more we, than exchange a look i will yeah, stop right. by and exchange a look you can come take a hat <laughs> <laughs> or a key ring or uh um but what else are we doing? Oh, gosh, there's so much. We, we, when I have. I was, when I was there, I was really, I, I was all hyped up about the the Hefe, the Hephaestus. Oh, Hephaestus. Hephaestus. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that is, that's a pretty awesome pedal. And I did, in backing up to the chorus, I got to hear a, a touch of that, and I'm, that's pretty awesome too. But thank you, the Hephaestus, man. It's, it's. I was, tell I was us about the Hephaestus. You can't tell me <laughs> so about the Hephaestus. The Hephaestus. Hephaestus, I'm sorry. Hephaestus. He's the smith of the gods. He uh, <laughs> made made Zeus's lightning bolt. Um, nice. Oh, yeah. So there's still a theme, you know. Uh, but the Hephaestus started life as a Jordan Boss tone circuit, which um, is the spirit in the sky fuzz, the little plastic yeah. box you plug in your guitar. Um, those are cool wildly inconsistent and i was trying to do a a version of that but i was desperately trying to make it more interesting because the volume the gain knob on that circuit it's dumb it's like redundant with your guitar pot Mm -hmm. um the volume is a volume knob so like you know who cares that's cool but uh it just wasn't doing enough and so i started uh poking and prodding at a prototype board with a potentiometer with some wires on it and shoved these wires in a spot that's on the power input and adjusted the voltage of the circuit. And when I did that, 
with a very specific transistor, it introduced a sub-octave and then lower harmonics, uh, like, a, like a perfect fourth. Uh, uh, and so you go from, it has a warning knob, which is just voltage. And so when it's all the way to the right, all the way up, it's a normal boss tone circuit. You know, it's not super it's totally bougie. blown out. Just it just sounds like Spirit in the Sky, like a big fuzz, a classic fuzz yeah. sort of sound. It sounds sounds awesome. But it then does. when the the knob, the warning knob goes to about one o'clock, and and it's different with every guitar. It's different with every pedal, but you hear the note go like hmm, and it'll drop. Oh, like my burps. <laughs> and so I, I call it the the anti Octavia. So you just have this. It almost sounds like a synth is like playing along with with you. Right. It's very strange, but it is very musical. It's a thing. And yeah. And as soon as you play it, you start like, oh, like this could be like this sort of song. You start writing riffs and you start writing music, and it's not weird for the just the sake of being weird. It's it's very inspiring and it's all analog it's just like a it's, it's a really um it's a simple mod but i've never heard any fuzz pedal sound like this and i've explained what it's doing a little bit but i've never told anybody um the gain range of the transistor to make it happen so uh that that is part of the secret that i'll keep for myself but it's yeah it's a a very interesting little circuit. So can you talk you a little it. bit about the gain range of the... Uh... <laughs> no. I gotta buy one of these, man. They're, it's just screaming your name. I'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get one in the mail to you when we get, when uh, we get restocked. It is very... Um, it's very it's 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 a really unique thing. But it's one of those pedals that when you have... I, I, anybody that has an inkling to try one, if you get one, try it with the warning knob all the way up and just hold a note and then when you turn the knob down, when that octave drops, it just makes you go like, hey, hey, hey. like you can't help <laughs> yeah. but like giggle about it because it's it's just, it, it's otherworldly. And if you turn the 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 warning knob all the way to the left, the fuzz kind of goes away, but all the harmonics and the octave becomes a little more present. Yeah. And even throughout all that, if you roll your volume knob back on your guitar, it cleans up like a fuzz face. Yeah. So it's. Well, you just kind of touched tricky. on a few things that um, are the exciting things for me playing around with with drives, stacking, and stuff like that, um, it, where you're getting the things where you're like, it's it's sort of a, either an anomaly uh, that you're or something you're not expecting or something that's not supposed to be there, right? And uh, to me, those are the exciting things when you play and you're like, I'm getting something that I know won't come straight out of just if I just plug this one box in or, mm. or, or if I do plug this one box in and now I know that I have it. I'm, I got a pedal from, uh, hello sailor sent me, uh, this crazy pedal shocker. And, uh, <laughs> Joe, how's it going out there? We love you, buddy. Um, and it's a, it's a, um, fuzz face that, <laughs> um, Looks like it was painted with that stuff. You know the guy who sails on the boat that's got a screen door in the bottom of it. He uh, he, he cuts oh, a, he the... cuts a hole in the boat and he and he like yeah. sprays this stuff on on a screen door and he's like, oh, look, oh, it floats. Oh, oh. Yeah, 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 it the, looks like it's the, the flex seal. Yes, yes, it looks like it's painted in that. Yeah. And and I'm like, what is this thing? And he's got these '70s car knobs on it, and 
and it's in it's in a fuzz face enclosure. It's huge. And I look in 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 the back, and there's like it's all these uh, UK n- naval parts. And I'm like, huh. what is this? I was expecting it to sound exactly what I expected. I had it on my shelf for a while, and I and I had this idea for a song recently. And I was like, man, I'm I'm looking I'm looking at the at the, my pedals. I'm like, ah, I'm not seeing the thing that I and and I looked over and I said, wait a minute. And I grabbed that and I plugged it in, and it does the thing mm-hmm. that not that I can't get anything else to do. Right. And it was exactly what I was needing, and it just has that extra ness to it. That doesn't make sense necessarily, and it has mm-hmm. these overtones and, and goofy harmonics and stuff going on, and I, those are those things excite me. And the same thing with when I mentioned pairing pedals, the sounds that I was getting out of that combo that I told you it was like I've tried to pull single pedals to see if it has that same exact sound. I can't get it. Right. It, it it's one of the things that anybody that doesn't live in this space they'll go well how how can how can you still sell these things, you know? And it's because everyone um, is experiencing that in some form or fashion. Right. And you're just hoping that you can tap into some connection with those people and and a connection with their instrument because it's all different. It's all so different. And yeah. and it know, isn't just about tone either. I mean, like, no. let's be honest. You can get just as excited about the way that something looks, like that your your Susmeria Osep, or uh-huh. however you say that. I was like, that's an exciting pedal. And you're like, I don't know what it does, but I want to play it, and it's going to make me feel <laughs> awesome. It's the most pink thing you'll ever see in your entire life. Yeah, right? <laughs> it it literally, uh, Jeff, who's our our main production guy now, um, when he was building those things, we had them under a, like on a tray under a fluorescent light in the shop. And he was just like illuminated and he like looked up and he's like, Oh, everything's green. I'm like, Oh man, your rods and cones are all messed up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know the aesthetic is a big part of it. And that's something that, um, it, you know, it, it's, it's weird. So doing limited runs of things, uh, we try to land on cool aesthetics and and whatnot. We recently did um, this. We called it a summer vibe, and they had this like cool like wave pattern, and we were all like super hyped about it. And then, like we sold a few, but they, I thought this is going to set the world on fire because this is the coolest looking edition we've ever done. And it's no one connected with it. It was so strange. I hmm. thought, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> but that's how it always goes. You 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 make something where you you spend five minutes in Adobe Illustrator and you're like, yeah, okay, that's good enough. And then everyone says, that's the coolest looking pedal I've ever seen. And you, you just <laughs> never know yeah. what's going to stick. But the, all the people, kudos to all the people who take all the time to hand paint, cut water slide decals, silk screen stuff themselves. Like, it's not for me. If people ask us, like, how do you guys do your enclosures? Like, I hire that out. Like, I'm not going to do that. Um, because that's, that's a lot of time, man. It's hard. It's harder than making the pedal, I think. Because the moment your your drill drill slips or your um, money you know, down you, the drain, you, you yeah your your thumb touches the side of the enclosure. Well, you're like, well, get out the sandblaster or something, you know. Yeah, indeed. Well, uh, Zach, it has been a ton of fun catching up with you, my friend, and I'm very excited about the future that you are already embracing 
and for the, the the growth of the Mythos brand. It's um, you've come a very very long way, and it's it's just awesome. Thank you. We're um, I'm diving headfirst into YouTube land. Oh um, boy, trying to do that like so many of my my friends and peers, but. Uh, it, it's exciting to see where we're going to go because you know I, we kind of have a vision, but we don't know. It's you know it's ever changing. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Jared, you got something for us, ladies and gentlemen? It's a great show tonight, <laughs> um, and it's also time for Would You Rather? This Would You Rather is from our guy. Steve Keys. Yes. Steve the man out there. Yeah, he's this is actually a really good one. You were right. It's a really good one, uh, Todd. Josh from JHS is burnout and has decided to close up shop. Oh no. He walks outside and he he walks outside and he sees you walking down the street and he invites you over and says, I'm done, man. You can have all my pedals and my famous white milkman amp just as you are about to answer Joe Bonamassa, whose place is right across the street. He sees you coming out of JHS and says, wait, I'm done too. Touring is just not the same (laughs) and I'm going to go buy an island and I don't need all this stuff. I don't think he'll ever say that. (laughs) <laughs> Would you all like all my amps and my one pedal? So, do you choose Josh from JHS's entire pedal collection and one amp, or would you rather have Ooh. Joe Bonamassa's entire amp collection and one pedal? That's a great question. And wow. I, I will say uh, it was really cool because um, when Steve sent that over, he said, um, "It was it was <laughs> it was too funny because he, he sent me a video and he was just like walking along and he was saying, I was like, wait, what, what, what is it? I mean, and I was trying to grab it and he accidentally sent one of those disappearing videos. Oh no! <laughs> so it was done and there was just like a little bomb symbol. I'm like, what the hell was that? <laughs> so I was like, wait, snooze, you lose. What was that again? I think I got it. But it was it was great seeing him and talking to him and I really appreciated that he." It, whatever he was doing, he took the time to send that to us. That means nice. a lot. Thanks, man. So the big question to you, Tony. Yes. Tanisha. Mm. <laughs> Tons of awesome pedals and one awesome amp, or collectible Fender amps and one. You, you're you're skewing it. You're you're biasing this already, Jared. I don't think you realize that. You just <laughs> totally biased. It. Yes. Anyways. Nah. Well, no, I I guess the um, what are the amps that he, the Dumble Overdrives that he has must be yeah. included as well. Those are worth a ton. That is true. Yeah. Mm. If money, I, I have if a question. Important. Yes. Yeah. Uh, do you have to keep it all, or is this like you can do what you want with it, or you got to keep it? I, I think I think you have to keep it. Oh, okay. I oh, will man. take Josh's collection and open. A guitar pedal museum, and so well, all can enjoy. What a fitting tribute! 
Yes. Yes. I suspect that the entry for that's going to be quite steep. No. Yes. One pedal. Usurper. Yeah. You to, Usurper. You have to bring a pedal in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like a can yeah. of soup. Yeah. And the end world. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of joyos to go with those cream of mushroom pedals. Hey, you know, yeah. take what you anyway, can get. That, that, that'd be a great pedal name, cream of mushroom, because it's just like, you know, uh, yeah. it's just like the... the Anyways, somebody make that. And go with the horse mate. There you go. Hey. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's check with Jared. Yes. Uh, uh, because a lot of his amps sound the same. I'm going to go with the pedals in the one amp. I mean, well, I almost choked not, on my Waterloo grape flavor. I know you're saying water. That's are not you, sponsored. Vintage stuff. Are, 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 are you suggesting that all of Joe Bonamassa's amps sound the <laughs> same? <laughs> no, many of them. Like all the, a lot of the Fenders are. You know, some of the. Uh, I, I'd imagine that a lot of the Fender amps have similar circuitry. You know. Yeah, yeah. they do, and <laughs> so they'll kind of sound similar in a way. But, I mean, he just has them because he's a, he's one of the coolest collectors of all time of vintage gear. Um, but mm. I, I I don't know. I think you just have a lot more uh, choice with of tone and sound with pedals, especially if you have to keep it all. You know? Well, okay. I, I will say that uh, that one of the reasons Joe tours with different amps and yeah. such usually. I think when we saw him, Todd, yeah. he had, what, eight amps on? Six or eight amps? He did. But and it wasn't just because they sounded different. I mean, he also made them sound different. That's right. He, has, he explained to us that he would use the different amps to uh, amplify the certain frequencies. It was like a $100,000 uh, EQ pedal. Yes. <laughs> that's a good start. I mean, honestly, that's yeah. not, it's not far off, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, um, just a dumbbell lamp alone is worth over a hundred thousand, I believe. And they're yeah, stupid. Roundabout, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know because I don't care about dumb lamps. <laughs> 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 who put, who Zach, put dumb and can't dumbbell? afford to care about them anyway. Yeah, Zach, oh, how about man. yourself? Oh, I pick the amps all day long. I don't. Amps, I've seen. Yeah. I've He's seen Josh. Remember the first part of the story here? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen all of Josh's collection, uh, and it's so. I don't like people see it. Right, and and you think, man, he's got a lot of stuff. But let me tell you, the amount of stuff is the, the like pedals in the boxes and the multiples and and everything. Like all those drawers behind him, all filled, and they're all cataloged and like like it's insane. Um, but that's not for me. I, the amps, like I, I, I would be, I would be, I would have more fun uh, with all the the amps. Uh, I don't know where I'd put them all, <laughs> but the pedal thing, like I, I, I appreciate it and I, I love it. Um, but at the end of the day, the history and all of that with what Joe's collected. I mean, if you're talking everything, I can't even fathom how many guitar amps he has. Um, is just so cool. I mean, it's literally the history of of. Of music, mm -hmm. like it's remarkable, but, and that therein lot is the rub because you got the history of amplifiers, and yeah. you also have the history of pedals. Yeah, that's my quite, quite literally. But, but you can't you can't just plug into a pedal and and rip without an amp. So I'm 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 very much like 
I would I would have a lot of fun picking and choosing the ones I liked and would keep and like, yeah. you know. Well, well, you know that fits your style of music too, though. Let's be honest. Well, you know, and I don't even see, like, it's funny. Like everyone, I, 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 I cause I play old man guitars and I play old, you know, uh, old man amps. I, I think a lot of people peg me as just uh, a blues dad and I kind of am, but I, you know, I love everything. Mm. Um, I really do. I, I listen to a lot of electronic music. Most of the music I listen to, like throughout the day, doesn't know if there's a guitar in it, you can't hear it. Um, so, but but I, there's just something about it. I I think I think I'm spent on pedals, like you know, in, in that scale. Sure. Uh, but uh, all that to say, if it was take all of Josh's collection and and his amp and and all that versus like one burst, I'd still pick the burst. That'd, that'd be it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Wow. Okay. As long as it sounded good. <laughs> I've heard bursts that a don't good sound one. all that great. I, I've, I've played, I've I've played many that suck too. Yeah. 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 Um, Todd? Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the the pedals for sure yeah. because Man, um, I'm the only I, one. I, I like an I like an amp, but I I really enjoy all the weird things and the different sounds and the the combinations and all all the things that make. The, the pedal world what they are i like amps but also most of his stuff a, a, an overwhelming amount of his stuff is is like clean fendery stuff and and i said he, tony's given me the, the the face of like i'm judging your i said most of course he's got the marshals and all that stuff up there on stage too that he was using really just for bass tone mm-hmm. um however uh uh, it, by and large, you know, if you've got a Fender Tweed, you're not going to plug a bunch of pedals into it. You're going to play the way, the, you know, you can play the thing. If you have a twin, uh, you would. A, a yes. Twin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Everybody would hear it. You'd put the Tweed in front of the twin, like a pedal. Mm-hmm. No, the Tweed twin. Uh, yeah, okay. that too. Yeah. You'd put the Tweed twin in front of the Tweed and the twin. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm Thanks going with you. the pedals. Uh, Steve Keys, that was a delicious question, man. That was that was really cool, and I appreciate that you sent that out. If you out there, like, I've got a great question. I've got a great would you rather. Sorry. Please send it our way. We'd love to hear from you, okay? Yeah. All right. We need to thank a handful of people. That is correct, Todd. Two handfuls of people, maybe. Maybe so. Yes. We'll see. And then we're going to say goodbye to our, our good friend, Zach. That's right, Todd, because at this point of the show, there's a special group of people that we love to thank. These are our executive producers. That's now, right. Well, what's an executive producer? Well, an executive producer makes this show possible. Yep. How do you become one? Real easy. Head over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out a couple levels in which you can participate. Become a sponsor, a patron, a hero of this podcast. That's each, true. That's true. That's very true. Yes. Each level comes with some very nice thank you gifts, and I do mean nice, and I do mean gifts. Yeah. But there's one thing more. Jared Aru, what is that? You get to have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing, so special thanks to these executive producers. Moon Guitars, Vader and Pedals, John Helverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mike D, Richard Kendall, Mark Garton, James White, Justin Jones, Anthony Jamalero, Bill Gola Guitars, mm-hmm. John Esterley, Anthony Lathrop, 
Stefan Lamb, Michael Sanchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Tom Brazen, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk, Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hemmer, Stuart George, Michael Furman, James Bell, James Romer, Cameron Pampas, David Tyndall, Trevor Ellenberg, and Christopher Logan. Very good. You but, did it all right. But Todd, there's yes. one more group of people that we love to thank. Mm-hmm. These are our grand poobas. Indeed. These are the top of the heap. That's right. Peak of the peak. Yes. What else is there? There's not a peak Cream of the, of the peak. Cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. A number one. A number one. So special, special thanks to these grand poobas. Tommy Manasco. Ricardo Igreda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wound Pickups, right. Hex Matos, Michio Murakishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound. All right. Brian Robison, <laughs> Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. David Poe, Billy Spitfire Unlimited, Congregation Gear Demos, Paul Van Eppinger, Scott Sullivan, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups, yeah, yep, and our poet emeritus, Matt Hart. There you go. Man, oh man, we cannot thank you guys enough. Truly, you keep our engines going, uh, both, uh, I think, personally. Yes. Tony, I think we could say this. Yes. And Jared, and, and, and as well as the actual engine of yeah. this ship yes. that we sail. That's right. Zach, from Mythos, uh, mm -hmm. where can people find the things that you get? Where can people go get one of these Hephaestus? Well, you can go to <laughs> you go to mythospedals.com. Uh, you can check out all the dealers, and uh, hopefully, there's a dealer nearby wherever you are. We have dealers all over the world. It's crazy, but uh, yeah, get to check us out there and on Instagram and uh, Threads now, and all the things that and exist on the internet. <laughs> and maybe sign up on your site for news for the new pedals that are coming. I would say maybe. Hmm? Get on that newsletter because uh, we yes. send one every week, and uh, and it's usually just uh, the psychotic ramblings of myself or Matthew. It's really fun. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I wrote Mythos in the Google thingy, and Petals came up right after it. So easy See, to find. Go check I'm it in, out. I'm in your algorithm. That's, that's correct. <laughs> awesome. Tony, about yourself. Head over to PickGuardian.com. Check out some of the things that I do that I have available but by and large, what I do is custom work, so shoot me an email, let me know what you need, what you're trying to do, and I might even have some advice. Yes. You're the best, brother. And or some awesome materials. Mm. That's right. Jared? Uh, Instagram, jared.allen.brandon. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's not That's just right for right breakfast right. anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Message me if you like. Have any questions about pickups? I'll talk to you about pickups and you can also get to Jared like by that. way of of me. And that is send me an email, Todd at theguitarnobs.com, or shoot me in DM on Instagram at guitarnobs. It's where I'm most active. Uh, we'll field your questions for the group uh, or whatever you want. And um, please send your Would You Rathers. Yes. Also, check out Flint Effects in case you got one of them Fender pedal boards and your power thing is slipping around. Yes. And a stomper for your HX stomp and stuff. Protect your knobs. Protect, Protect your, knobs. your knobs. Hey, everybody. Zach, you've been awesome as per usual. It's so good hey. to talk to you, buddy. Great to talk to you guys. Happy to be back, at least for this one, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, everybody out there. Have a fantastic guitar weekend. Subscribe! Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you been over to see uh, Jared's porch? <laughs> His porch? <laughs> well, for the last several weeks, he's been building this deck, the deck to end all decks. Oh, we're building a deck. <laughs> oh, well, you should talk to him on a different show about that. OG. It's the best Dang. around. Guitar knobs, OG. <laughs> yeah, man. It's the OG group tonight. Yeah. I am in Robertson County, right next to Davidson County. It, it sounds you like you're in a shoebox, Jared. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> Where's Matthew now? Uh, he's uh, in the office next to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah, he works for me now. Well, well, well. Mm, what a tangled web we weave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can talk about it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Deceiver. Uh, <laughs> Judas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, only you know. Yes. Uh, episode 322, interview with Benedict Arnold. Yeah. That's right. Oh, yes. <laughs> Happy Trader's Day. <laughs> uh, we can keep this going. <laughs> I'll be back in one second. Hold on. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um, <laughs> Do I sound better? That sounds better. Yes. All right. All right, man. You made it through the gauntlet Sweet. again. Yeah. Were those record lights supposed to be on? Because I noticed that earlier. And <laughs> <laughs> it is impressive, though, because I showed up when basically he just had string and a couple stakes in the ground and was mm. trying to... I mean, it, it did show me like how unruly that screw is. Because you know Jared's like six seven three fifty, yeah, and and he was he was really wrestling that thing. So, yeah, good we just on hired you, Jared. Some people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt, is that is that what Matthew does? Matthew? Yeah. Does porches? I, I don't know. Is that why you hired him? No, no, no. Oh, okay. He knew the people that we hired. <laughs> That's part of it. I mean, but I'm a GM. Well, GM the crap out of my deck, bro. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Get out your level, bitch. <laughs> Did you change yeah, uh, the spelling of Mjolnir yet? No. <laughs> Video oh, okay. killed I like your mustache, bro, bro. Yeah, that's a uh, that is dandy. My mustache? So this will be number 323. It's my lucky number. It is a lucky number. <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. 4,715, my lucky number. <laughs> <laughs>
what are what do you got over there? You got some iced coffee. You got some gin. What do you got? I got a Lacroix in a in a Mythos koozie, and it sounds oh. like this. Mm. Oh man, mm. yeah. When my kids were watching uh, Dora and Diego and all that stuff. Well, where do you want to go? <laughs> How about you? Let's go over here. And I was, I'm just like, oh my god, what? Like, stop. Well, my friend, my dear, dear friend Dan, uh, was actually one of the key animators for that ah. show. So I decided I've had enough, and I called him up several times and let him have it. And he's like, hey, pal, what are you doing? And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, no, what are you doing? (laughs) Do you want me to hook up my uh, shotgun mic and we can get some really good Foley uh, sound effects of me drinking? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) No, no, no. Yeah, Zeus is dead. I killed him. Yeah. Zeus is dead. Long yep. live Zeus. <laughs> Do you have a I'm prepared. Of course. I read the yes! email. Yes! <laughs> I was a Boy Scout. I've always come prepared. I love it. I was an Indian guide. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Um, How Kimazabi. Uh, my name was Little Crow. Little Crow. And my dad was Big Crow. Oh, that's right. And, and, and we remember? were in the Chiricahua tribe of the Silver Moon Nation. <laughs> Dang. Nice. It's time for four on the no, floor. No, not that one. Not that one. <laughs> Do it. Here we go. Ready? All right. Oh, hey, Jared. Yes. Uh, What's up, homie? Um, Zach has some questions about uh, building a deck, so yes. make sure you talk to him about that. <laughs> <laughs> and away we go. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes four on the floor blog and other good stuff you can connect with us on social too at our facebook page and share your gear and stories on our facebook group also be sure to check out our instagram at guitar knobs catch you next time